I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for his sheep. The wisdom of God helps us recall that Christ is the good shepherd who came to this world to serve and not be served. Christ calls himself the door to the Father, that merciful keeper of the flock of sheep. Yet on that Good Friday, which we commemorated so recently, Christ became the sheep, the pure victim for all mankind. He wished that by his death on the cross, that it be the instrument of our salvation, the source of the divine life that we can tap. The Lord is our good shepherd. He had led his chosen people from a slavery to freedom, as we know in the book of Exodus. The prophet Ezekiel calls our Lord a shepherd looking for his lost sheep. Isaiah depicts our Lord as carrying his sheep in his arms. Holy Scripture is full of these holy images of our Lord. And we remember, most of all, in the book of Psalms, where our Lord leads his sheep into green pastures. Today's Gospel reiterates these images of our Lord as the shepherd of our souls. And Holy Mother Church wishes to place it in our minds after having celebrated Christ's most victorious resurrection. Our Lord speaks, I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Mine know me. We who claim to be those little lambs, despite our shortcomings, our failures, our sins, constantly have to hear the shepherd's voice. We clearly know our Lord is the Good Shepherd, but is it equally clear that we are His sheep? Do we bear the marks which Christ gives us to recognize His sheep? Let each one of us examine and see if we can be recognized as part of our Lord's flock. There are many who believe in Christ our Lord and outwardly fulfill their duties as children of the church, yet are strangers to that intimate knowledge which their close relationship with Christ, as souls redeemed by Him, naturally understands. How many of us, though baptized, live like children of the world without further holy instruction and know Jesus only in name? We know him as the Redeemer and Savior of mankind, but some of us are ignorant of the good relationship in which he has with us as the dispenser of the innumerable blessings of redemption. How many of us fail to grasp the meaning, Jesus our Father? How can we make better then the situation? Let us listen to the shepherd's voice as he is our guide to help us to not stray away. His voice can be understood 
as our vocation or calling in life, and his invitation to grace, the more we try to perform the duties of our state of life, and the more we grasp that much-needed grace that fills us up with God's life, the more then we can truly call ourselves His little lamb, a loving and especially obedient lamb. In order to love God, we need to know Him more. And this is where Holy Mother Church helps us with scripture and tradition. God came to earth in search of men who, like stray sheep, have wandered away from the sheepfold and have become lost in the dark valley of sin. He takes our sins upon himself that he may heal us by his passion, by whose stripes you were healed as St. Peter says in Holy Scripture. If we read the whole image of the shepherd in St. John's Gospel that we can read in our Bibles today, Christ says, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Christ wishes us to live, not just biologically, not just to survive this pandemic, not just to live, but to live in His grace and to share in His happiness, to share in the joy of the risen Good Shepherd. What more could our Lord have done for us that He has not done? Let us then imitate the generous generosity of God who had been so liberal with His saving grace to us. How often do we forget of that profound relationship that has been established with us and our Lord, between us and the sheep and the Good Shepherd, so profound that Christ knows and loves us each uniquely in the aspect of our needs, of our desires, and of our entire lives. He calls us to a life of prayer, to recall our faults and weaknesses, to purify our intentions. He consoles us, he encourages us to continue to accomplish God's holy will. Let us continue to hear that voice of the shepherd through the inspirations of the Holy Ghost and to hear and follow the voice of Christ by filling ourselves with the great longing to do His holy will, that it is animated with that loving confidence, which is so well symbolized by the sheep following the voice of the shepherd and crowding around Him. Christ would then say to us, They hear my voice and follow me with true self-denial, perseverance, and love of the cross upon the path which I walk before them. The true sheep of the flock of Christ flee all the occasions of sin and dread losing sight of Him. They are watchful and seek the protection of their shepherd at the slightest approach of danger. The real sheep of the fold of Christ understand how to use 
those means which he gave to his church in order to heal the wounds her children may have received from the wolves of the spiritual life. And they know, moreover, how to guard themselves against new attacks. So, dear faithful, let us strive to do all in holy charity and all for the glory of God and his church. Let us support one another in prayer. Let us especially pray for the vicar shepherd on earth, the Holy Father, and his assistant shepherds, the bishops and pastors. Let us not be tempted to do anything other than that, whether it be to accuse, to criticize, or to speak ill of one another, as those temptations are of the evil one who tries to make us fall in his old-fashioned traps of anger, mistrust, discouragement, sadness, and relentless pessimism. We are aware, all of us, of the tumultuous time of the church and that of the world. But let us remember how the church already had been rocked up and down, inside and out, even during Christ's time. For example, at the Last Supper, the apostles just received Christ's most holy body and blood at Holy Communion. And they were consecrated and ordained by Jesus. And only a few minutes later, the Apostle Judas betrayed Christ for a few pieces of silver. St. Peter, the first Pope, and the rock of the church denies our Lord because he wanted to keep close to the fire. And he did that three times. The other apostles, James and John, fell asleep in the garden, and the rest ran away from fear. On that bittersweet day, the true shepherd, our Lord, was supposed to be surrounded by his faithful flock of sheep. Rather, he was alone and abandoned by his followers, the leaders of the church. Despite his preaching and miracles, other followers of Christ accused him at his meeting with Caiaphas, the wicked high priest, refused to believe that Jesus was the Messiah he was waiting for. And the same followers wished for his death in front of another weak man, Pontius Pilate, who was fearful of losing his job. The situation of the church during that first Holy Week seemed to be worse than what we experience today. Judas was fueled by greed. St. Peter was moved by self-love and search for comfort and ease. And the other apostles wished more for the love of safety and security. Are not these false loves that the apostles sought for the same ones we seek and maybe also seek more than our search for God. God wanted to lay down his life on the cross and to make his right side, uh, this right side up, which he did so humbly on Good Friday. The Good Shepherd will continue to bring up faithful saints to restore the church, but we need 
to wait and persevere in holy prayer. Pray, hope, and do not worry. God saw this terrible current situation in the church already before you even spoke about it. He already saw all of these in one moment. And therefore he prayed for each and every one of us on that sorrowful night on the Garden of Gethsemane. So let us then remain calm. Let us carry on. And let us trust in Christ's prayer, our true shepherd. And let us continue to pray like our Lord did in the garden for the restoration of the church, for the return of the sacraments after this pandemic has ended. However, if we are not content about this simple fact of our Lord's effective prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane for all of us and for the restoration of the church, then we will be tempted to talk about the scandals and the unfaithfulness of lay people, of priests, of bishops all the time, instead of using that time for striving for holiness and for the forgiveness of our sin. The Holy Roman Church is bigger than we are, and our Lord is in control, not us. We simply follow God's voice and remain faithful to Him and respectful of His servants on earth. So let us continue to pray for the hierarchy by being meek and charitable sheep that we are called to be, and not like the wolves who prefer to go in renegade paths, wreaking havoc and causing fear unto others by the mere presence and showing of their sharp teeth. Instead, pray for the church. Offer your sacrifices for her, just like how we pray with the priest during the first request he makes at the Roman canon of Holy Mass. So please do not forget that. Christ prayed for all of us, and the church on that day of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. But please do not forget on how we can do our part in strengthening our bond with the church by praying for vocations for future priests, sisters, religious, but especially our little institute dedicated to Christ the King Sovereign Priest, who only wish to be faithful and accomplish God's holy will. Let us support prayerfully these courageous seminarians who are on lockdown in the seminary who have sacrificed for you. If you cherish and hold dearly the liturgy and everything it encompasses, then it would be necessary to mention that it would be also a concern to pray and support the seminarians who gave up worldly careers who gave up riches, comfort, family, who are generous to God's call to holiness and His voice, who are willing to follow the true shepherd no matter what, and to faithfully follow the doctrines and dogmas passed down by the traditional magisterium of the church with no other political agenda attached, who would serve shepherd's church fully and completely for the greater glory of God, Christ the King, and for the sanctification of your souls. 
Thank God we have a place to celebrate and worship and have holy mass. And as that is not apparent in many persecuted countries. And that we are here in this church and in other many apostolates who pray for you worldwide as you are part of the Institute Spiritual Family. Who visit you when you are sick. Who bless your items of devotion and bless your marriage. Who teach you and your children who listen to your spiritual concerns, who protect you from the snares of the enemy, who absolve your sins in the name of Christ, and who feed you with Christ's own body and blood, who commend you to God during your last earthly moments. At our seminary of the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, there are young men willing to do all this and even more for the love of God and His Church, for the sake of your souls. There are quite a number who cannot accomplish this without your financial support. So please help them in any way you can and help them step closer to their vocation. And please pray for them so that they may reach God willing, the altar of God. That altar which we will all gather around one day when we open our church again and glorify Christ our Lord. So any contribution you can will be truly an investment for the good of your soul and for the world, and especially for the restoration of the church we long for and desire together. These seminarians, chosen and called by God amongst those in his flock, pray for you, believe it or not, in union with the canons, the oblates, the sisters and lay members of the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest. God truly is the Good Shepherd, and He will lead us into safe and green pastures. So let us do our part in supporting and loving God's Holy Church. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.